Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with the Pew Podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion to see people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Hey y'all, welcome back to the show. Really excited to have you here with us this week. So y'all know we are very, 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 very passionate about education. And I think we need one more very. <laughs> just make it very, very. One more just for the heck of it. Yeah, we might as well. <laughs> we are very passionate about education and about talking about education here on the show and not just the point of education, but what we have made education into today. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this many, many times on the show. This is not going to be a, a shock to y'all that we are talking about this today, mm-hmm. but we're talking about it in a little bit of a different way because uh, we did this for Bible study last week. And I just find this so interesting. And some of the facts that I learned, I was listening to another um, classical homeschool podcast episode mm-hmm. and just found some of their points very interesting. Some of the history behind standardized testing is yeah. going to be very shocking to, mm-hmm. I know, many of you as they were to me and Maddie when we heard them. So we're going to share some of those with you on the show today and also just talk about what is really the point of education? Why are we Why are we paying to go to college? Why are we <laughs> paying to uh, have our kids in the public school system? And what mm-hmm. really are they learning? What are they getting out of it? And is education what it is supposed to be? That is our ultimate question today. Mm -hmm. And how can we get back to what it is supposed to be if we've kind of lost our way? Yeah. So, Maddie, just start us off with some announcements, what's been going on here at The Few, as we usually do, and then we'll get started into this episode, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, I'm going to make announcements super short because we just want to get into (laughs) it. But if you haven't seen yet, the blog has gotten some great new updates. We're really happy about that because we were just kind of playing around with some different things, trying to make it even easier for you guys to navigate. That's Mm -hmm. always something that we have kind of prided ourselves on is having a platform where it's super easy for you guys to navigate it and find what you need to, what you want to, and be able to see all of our different stuff and see the stuff that you're actually interested that we're putting out. So we're really excited about it and it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. We're so happy with it. Yeah. And we want you guys to go and check it out. So there's always a link to our blog in the description of every episode. I know I say this like every week. Some of you are probably tired of it, but I'm not going to stop saying it. So you should click the link in the description of this episode and go read some new blog posts. Maybe if you have fallen behind a little bit or there are a few that you haven't read yet, all of them are absolutely wonderful mm-hmm. and we really enjoy putting out that kind of content for you guys and seeing you enjoy it and seeing y'all grow in your faith as we grow in ours while we're writing them. So make sure you check out the blog. We've also been super active on Instagram. We're doing some new things over there and getting some stuff worked out and just kind of making it an even better and more more community-minded space. So we're really excited and we want you guys to go check that out. Absolutely. Okay, let's get started into this podcast episode. So we have to start with the history of standardized testing. This has obviously become such a well-known thing in our world. Every Mm -hmm. student in public school, private school, even a lot of homeschool students, depending on what state you're living in, have to abide by the state's uh, rules about standardized testing for education and for students. So just a little bit of history here. 
We initially started standardized testing right before World War I. Why right before World War I? What's the point in that? And it's because we had to determine very quickly and efficiently who is going to be in intelligence and who is going to be on the front lines fighting in the war. That's why we started testing. That was the point of it is to determine who could do intelligence, who was smart enough to crack codes and to, Mm -hmm. you know, do all of these crazy things that took a pretty smart person to do. Right. So that's why we initially started testing. And so now one has to ask the question, why the heck are we still doing standardized testing today? Like Mm -hmm. we're not in any kind of war currently. We're not doing any of that. We don't need to quickly and efficiently determine who's going to be in intelligence, who's going to be fighting. So why are we testing kids today? Um, Even kindergartners are being tested Mm -hmm. as far as how educated they are, what they've been learning to assess their uh, learning capabilities and all of those different things. So why are we still testing today? Well, Again, we got to get into the history of this. So at this time, colleges, World War I kind of time period we're talking, you had to be connected in order to make it into Yale or Harvard or one of those very popular schools. You had to be quite connected. You had to know people Mm -hmm. in order to get in. It didn't matter how smart you were or how educated you were. You just had to be connected. So in order to make it more fair and just, colleges started to test students to determine who could make it in because obviously they only had so many spots Mm -hmm. available. So they started doing that to make it more just and fair, which is all well and good. Okay. Like we Mm -hmm. we agree with that, right? Yeah. Um, You shouldn't just have to have the right connections to get into a school. You should have to be educated. You should have to know things and be able to prove yourself Mm -hmm. a um, truthful, trustworthy student. That's when colleges started to kind of implement that standardized testing. Well, we quickly found out that standardized testing is a great way to be in control. It's a great way to gain more power. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't know, college boards make millions, billions Mm -hmm. of dollars on these standardized tests that kids are taking quite often in the education system today. So, they, they quickly learned that teachers, because they want their students to do well in their tests, the education system found out that the teachers will only teach in their classrooms what the students need to know to pass the test. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Perfect sense. So it's really a spiritual and political issue. It's political because we want to control everything. It has gotten so big and so power hungry. It is it has become this tyrant that controls almost everything in our lives now. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely insane to see how it started and then how quickly it developed into being something that controls our lives. It controls the education system and what kids are ultimately learning. And so the teachers would teach only what needed to be taught so that students would pass the test. Nothing more, nothing less. So a lot of their own opinions, a lot of those different things are left out because a student doesn't necessarily need to know those things Mm -hmm. in order to pass this specific test at the end of the semester or whatever. The tests are really the root of the education system today. They determine what a student is being taught and what they are being kept from learning. What they are being deprived of, ultimately, uh, the knowledge, the wisdom that they are not being provided or given because the teacher is basically being controlled herself or himself because they are simply teaching what the student needs to know to pass the test. 
Now, are you ready for this fact? This is absolutely crazy to me. Zero percent of the questions in any of the tests today, any of the standardized tests, are of Christian origin. This blows my mind. Zero mm-hmm. percent. So the authors such as C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, G.K. Chesterton, Charles Dickens, these brilliant classical teachers, these authors who are just brilliant, mm-hmm. they are basically, if, if we want to use modern day terms, they're being censored from a child's education today. Yeah. And they're no longer being read. Their books are no longer being read by students. Why? Because they don't need to know that stuff in order to pass their test. So why would they read that? They're reading the things that they need to know to pass the test, which mm-hmm. is a worldly worldview. It is a liberal, evolutionary-based education. That is what they're teaching today. That is how they're controlling what we're learning, and they're making money off of it. Mm -hmm. They're making money off of us by teaching our children those types of things. Now, if you're listening and you're like, well, (laughs) I don't subscribe to that way of thinking. That's not my kind of worldview. Mm -hmm. We have to ask ourselves the question, then why are we keeping children in the education system? Why are we allowing them to continually be taught this kind of propaganda, this kind of course material, when 0% of the questions of the test, which is ultimately, remember, determining what the teacher teaches your child in the classroom, Mm -hmm. why are we allowing them to be stuck in that? Why are we allowing them to be indoctrinated, ultimately, by these types of worldviews, by people who don't care about the literal seven-day creation? They don't care about the ultimate truth of scripture, Mm -hmm. the absolute truth of scripture, the authors, the teachers, the great thinkers. Why why are they not being taught this stuff? Why are they being censored? And why are children not allowed to read these things? Well, ultimately, again, this is a spiritual issue more than Mm -hmm. anything else. Is it a political issue? Yes. But it is at the root, first and foremost, a spiritual issue. Maddie, what do you think about this? Yeah, well, the the whole control issue and the spiritual issue that it comes down to is simply depriving people of beauty Mm. and making them feel like it's not worth your time to commit yourself to different authors like that and to study certain things and to read poetry and to draw and sketch and look at nature and just absorb beauty Mm -hmm. wherever you are. I mean, it's all about having a screen in our face. And when we don't have a screen in our face, we have liberal textbooks in our faces. I mean, you guys have heard us talk about our experiences with Christian colleges. And right now, I just recently started a sociology class, which I was not looking forward to taking anyway, um, simply because I am interested in sociology, I guess. But sociology has become such a liberal field. And I think that a lot of people use it as an opportunity to look down upon America and Mm -hmm. being somewhat privileged as an American. And I don't think that that's anything to be ashamed of at all. I mean, we're the best in exception. period. Yeah, we are. We are the literal definition of American exceptionalism. I mean, there is no other kind of exceptionalism that compares. Because of God's providence. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not any of our own doing because Lord knows, like, the citizens in our country now who have been educated by the public school system. Yeah are not exceptional. And that's the point. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when we're going to wrap our minds around that. Like, that's the point. But I just recently started a sociology class and I was reading my syllabus. And this is at a Christian college. 
who would claim to be extremely conservative and not necessarily politically conservative completely because it's not necessarily a political college. But I mean, there's literally Christian in the name. It is a Christian university. And it literally says that this class in sociology is going to be focusing on diversity Mm. and racism and all these different things. And literally one of the very first things that I read in my textbook was just all about how the people in America are so entitled and they just expect things like iPads and cars and phones and nice houses and all these different things. And it was just so like you Americans are horrible because you don't know what it's like to suffer or you don't know what it's like to live in poverty. I mean, we have poverty in America, right. not nearly as bad as other countries. But why is that? Because we as a country are blessed by the Lord because we started out as a very Christian country mm-hmm. and simply because we have an incredible government system if it's used correctly and we are exceptional in so many different areas Mm -hmm. but that's the first thing that you read in sociology i also am getting ready to write like a little memoir paper and one of the memoirs that they want me to read is from maya angelou Mm -hmm. who is a well-known feminist yep and that's one of the ones that they want me to sample and i'm just kind of like there are really no other memoirs that we could choose that are good right like, How about Ronald Reagan? <laughs> yeah, just something that is actually profitable. Mm-hmm. That's actually going to teach me how to write a good memoir. I'm not saying that she wasn't a good writer. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she was. I don't know tons about Maya Angelou, but I do know that she is a well-known feminist and that I do not agree with most of her views. Mm-hmm. But I just think that it's so sad that we act like that's what we have to read. Mm-hmm. We can't read good memoirs. We can't read good proposal essays and good debates um, between different presidential candidates or different things like that. I mean, it's like the education system has taught us to believe that that stuff's just not possible. Mm -hmm. Like if I want a college education, I'm just going to have to put up with this. Right. And it is kind of that way. I mean, it feels like there's nothing you can do about it. You know, I have to have sociology for my general ed stuff. So what am I going to do about it? And I think that then we just kind of are like, well, I want to get a good grade. I want to pass the class. So I'm going to tell them what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make sure that it's fine. Like, I'm not going to get any backlash. I actually wrote a paper at this same university a little while ago. And it was about, y'all know that we are passionate about like transgenderism Mm -hmm. and all those different things. We did a transgenderism series here on the podcast where we did like three episodes totally unpacking transgenderism. Honestly, some of the best episodes that I think we've ever recorded. They were just really deep and intentional. And we just dove into the origins of transgenderism Mm -hmm. and how it's impacting our society. And I mean, obviously, I think that all of us can agree if you are a Christian and you disagree with transgenderism that it is hurting our society majorly, Mm -hmm. like in so many different ways. So in this proposal essay, that's what I chose to write about. I chose to, because obviously in a proposal essay, it's about trying to convey facts to someone and to hopefully get them to kind of change their mind on some different things. Mm -hmm. So I had some different scientific studies that showed that children who are experiencing gender dysphoria, which is only, it's a very small percentage of people who have actual gender dysphoria, but that's something that we like to blow up in our 21st century society. So gender dysphoria is actually very uncommon. I mean, like a very unbelievably small percentage of people experience actual gender dysphoria where they genuinely feel like they're in the wrong body or were born with the wrong gender. So 
I had this scientific study that showed that there were so many statistics that if children who just made comments like, oh, I want to be a girl, but they were born biologically a boy, Mm -hmm. or I want to be a boy, but I was born biologically a girl, if they say that and they're left alone and no one is like, oh, you do? Well, then let's get you on hormone medications. Let's get you wearing dresses or Mm -hmm. wearing little button-up shirts and, you know, different things. And it was crazy how many kids were completely fine later because they were left alone and they were allowed to figure that out for themselves, Mm -hmm. which is another issue with the education system. We don't allow kids to think through problems and to think through different things. And most likely, the kids who are not being encouraged to be transgender and aren't around that all the time are never going to say something like that. Yeah. Because that's not natural. Exactly. It's something that we just inherently know, like, I am a girl or I am a boy. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that they just naturally question at three years old, you know, unless it's put into their heads, which is what most public schools are doing now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we've all seen the videos. It's crazy. These teachers that are teaching them about that are transgender themselves or are Mm -hmm. gay or lesbian and they're teaching them about these different things in kindergarten. And it's just crazy and unfathomable. So in this paper, I conveyed that gender and sex are one thing. There is no difference between gender and sex. Mm -hmm. They're both biological. And I would think that any Christian would not dispute that. So I submitted my paper and I just said transgenderism is harming our society. Mm -hmm. And you were also supposed to put forth like a solution to this problem. So what's the solution? Well, Jesus is obviously the solution. I would not dispute that at all. Jesus Mm -hmm. is the answer to this issue because he's the one that created us. So any problems that we seem to have, he can ultimately fix. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we shouldn't be having these issues in the first place. It's just because evil people have put this into our minds. But I said, we need to start leaving these little kids alone when they make random comments. I mean, they may have just heard that on TV. Yeah. And then they're just like, oh, I want to be a boy or whatever, you know, and that's not something that they would think of automatically. Well, I got my grade back and I got points taken off. Mm -hmm. My professor said, scientifically, your claims would not be supported. Okay. Well, I actually like referenced a, an actual scientific study Mm -hmm that was conducted just a couple of years ago. I got it from a trusted source that is totally trusted by millions of people and is a great publication. And one of the best articles that I've ever read about transgenderism and the woman who conducted the study was a psychologist who obviously specializes in gender dysphoria and different disorders like that and trying to figure out how we're supposed to deal with these different things. And she said, you also want to be careful when you say gender and sex. Sex is biological, but gender is a social construct. Unbelievable. In my paper, I actually said most people say that gender is a social construct. I mean, that's something that we've all heard before. And I said, I'd like to challenge that and say that gender discomfort is a social construct. Mm. It's something that's been put into the minds of these children. And primarily, this is being done through the education system. Because what are we prioritizing? We're prioritizing creating weak citizens. Mm -hmm. And we are prioritizing creating kids who are the perfect little inmates and who are just ready to go from this classroom to the next classroom whenever the bell rings and only go to the bathroom when you tell them they're allowed to and only scarf down their food when you tell them you're allowed to. I mean, what does this sound like to people? I just don't understand how people think that this is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is so sad because education is something that is supposed to be so beautiful and Mm -hmm. so wondrous. And it's supposed to open our eyes to mystery and to questions and not just answers that you can say, you know, the answer is A, B, or C on my Mm -hmm. standardized test. It's supposed to be 
tailored to specific children and what their strengths are, what they're interested in. And now it's just, we're going to give every single kid the exact same education and the gifted kids, oh, well, we're going to hold you back because Mm -hmm. you're this age. So you're only supposed to be in second grade. Even if you can do fifth grade work, you're only supposed to be in second grade. So then what do you have? You have gifted children who feel like it's a sin to be gifted. And you have really smart kids who feel like, well, why am I smart? I can't even I can't even do what I want to. Mm-hmm. I can't complete the work that I am capable of completing that I wouldn't want to complete because I mean, I just don't know why we all think that these kinds of kids are content in all of this. And the kids who struggle with learning and are having a difficult time with reading and so many things. I mean, I think it's just so sad for those kids to then be told, "Oh, well you have to go in this special class." Right? Because you're dumb. You're not as smart as everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about keeping kids in this little box with no windows and no interaction with nature, with God's creation, with no good conversation, with no debate and no thought put into anything. It's just like, here's what you're supposed to believe because this is what your textbook tells you. Mm -hmm. This is what you're supposed to believe because Maya Angelou's memoir told you to believe this. I just think that it's devastating. And this is why we have a weak society. Mm -hmm. And this is why we have so many people who want to be transgender, who want to be gay, who they're looking for fulfillment in something. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that is Jesus. But the Lord created education to be a source of fulfillment for us. And right now, I mean, we were talking about this with our Bible study girls a little while ago. Lots of the kids that we babysit and that we uh, have interacted with, they're all so sick of school. Mm-hmm. They hate it. And I just think that that's so sad because school, I mean, right now it's childhood, the highlight of your life. And it's supposed to be fun and you're supposed to be learning and growing and becoming the person that you want to be. And right now we're depriving kids of figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I just got to focus on getting this homework done and getting it sent in. And then I'm going to go watch TV and just be done for the day because I've sat in complete boredom all day. And we're conditioning people to literally just do what they're told when they're told Mm -hmm. to do it. And I mean, most of learning is meant to be done at home and it's meant to be cultivated at home. Mm -hmm. And Lily's going to talk about the cultivation aspect of it a little bit. But I just think it's so discouraging that we all feel like there's nothing we can do. Because I'm kind of like, okay, I wrote that proposal essay. I was thinking proud of it. I love that proposal essay. And I put a lot of work into it. I studied this stuff. I, it's something that I'm passionate about. So I was excited to write about. And then you have a professor say, no, that's wrong. Scientifically, that cannot be backed up, even though you just quoted a scientific study to me. Mm -hmm. And she said, she said, your sources are biased and therefore not credible. So when are we going to like open our minds to debate and to thought and opinion and like who determines that her her sources are not biased yeah you know who determines that who determines truth and i don't really know how a scientific study like a just flat out a scientific study there were no political exactly ideas brought into this it was simply what happens when kids are encouraged Mm -hmm. to be transgender the rates skyrocket you know most of them end up being transgender and little fun fact most of them end up committing suicide by the time they're 30 mm-hmm. like it's just unbelievable and that's what and the happened. kids that are left alone are fine exactly and that's what happened in the very first case of transgenderism mm-hmm. when two boys two brothers were encouraged to change their gender to become girls to do all of these things and they both end up committing suicide mm-hmm. why do we think that the outcome is going to be any different for other kids and that it's actually going to improve their lives and give them fulfillment and meaning like 
oh, it's just absolutely insane that we think that that's that's the very first case, but mm-hmm. it's going to be so different for all these other kids and we're going to keep encouraging it. And this is exactly what they need. This is exactly yeah. what's going to bring satisfaction. And what we're going to start teaching in schools. And then, and then us Christians are willing to tolerate that. Mm-hmm. We're willing to back off and say, as the church, there's nothing we can do. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Yeah. That's not God's design. And like, where's your fighting spirit in that? Where mm-hmm. is your like, this is wrong and I'm going to stand up and say, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. This is the truth. And this is the truth that we have built our foundation on as a family because that's where it starts. Yeah. Individual families saying, you are not going to teach my kids that sex and gender are two different things. When the Mm -hmm. God of the Bible in Genesis chapter one (laughs) has said that it is one thing and that he created it and this is not some social construct. Well, first of all, can we just like, what's that even supposed to mean? How is gender separate from sex? How is gender a social construct? It's been around since the beginning of time before social constructs were, before we had time to create social constructs. Exactly. I mean, I'm not saying that social constructs are not a thing. Yeah. But they're not a thing when it comes to gender. Mm-hmm. Now the social construct is you are horrible mm-hmm. if you function in your biological gender. Anyway, right. that's not what we're getting into today, even though half the episode has been about that. But I just think that the foundation of education is beauty and Mm. truth and goodness. Mm. And we say this all the time. And that is what creates heroes. It's what creates citizens who know how to serve their country well, who are proud to live in America, Mm -hmm. don't feel belittled or ashamed because they are privileged to live in the greatest country in the world. And it's not just America. I mean, the public school system across the world Mm -hmm. is crazy. But I think in America, especially, we have just prioritized instead of being like China. And I mean, totally, we should not be like China. China, they're communists and totally don't model anything after China. But in their public school system, they're teaching their kids to be loyal to the government first, family second. Mm -hmm. And it's what they're doing in the Middle East and all these different things. We were just talking about that the other day about how it's crazy how these kids are so committed to what they're told to be committed to, Mm -hmm. what they are indoctrinated with. And then you look at our kids. What are they being indoctrinated with? Technology Mm -hmm. and stupidity. Mm -hmm. And they're being told that if you're smart, you need to dumb it down, hold it back. Mm -hmm. Don't pay attention to that. You're just supposed to be learning what four plus four is, Mm -hmm. not what, you know, 10,000 times 2,000 is. And these different things that they could be able to do. No, you can't do that. Yep. And you're not allowed to see the beauty in a math problem. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to see the beauty in literature because we're going to feed you a bunch of stuff that isn't beautiful, mm-hmm. that is completely devoid of any kind of morality and any kind of actual story that's worth following. Right. And I just think that it's so sad because that instantly indoctrinates these kids into, okay, well, this book sucked. So, so does everything else. Mm -hmm. I hate reading. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that is like one of the saddest things I've ever heard anyone say is that they hate reading or this book was horrible or whatever. You know, no book is so horrible that you can't profit in some part from it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's negatively like, yeah, this book was horrible. So now I know that I should not be living like this author was living or whatever. You know, we don't allow kids to really critically think through anything. We're not teaching them logic and we're actually teaching them to defy logic. It's like logic doesn't exist anymore and we're all just, you know, come up with your own truth and do what you want as long as it doesn't go against the state. Mm. 
as long as it doesn't go against the school, what yep. we taught you to do, as long as it doesn't go against that standardized test, right? then it's fine. Do what you want. But then the second you step outside of that, which most of these kids never will, they will never know what true freedom feels like because they don't know what education is. Right. And Lily's going to talk about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So no longer are we being taught how to think. We're being told what to think, mm -hmm. which ultimately means that you are not a free creature. Freedom has been taken away from you. And they are doing this by means of education. So as Christians, let's just think about this and let's ask this question, what then is the purpose of education? Mm -hmm. Because we don't want this to be some negative, oh my goodness, there is no hope kind of deal. There <laughs> is hope and there is something we can do about exactly. this. So what is the purpose of education? Andrew Kern has said this so many, so many times. He says that education is the cultivation of virtue. Mm cultivation of virtue. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that look like? It is the cultivation of the things that are in scripture. It is the cultivation of the true, the good, and the beautiful. It is ultimately the cultivation of God's character. He has allowed us to be holy as he is holy. He has allowed us to be patient, to be loving, to be kind, to be good-hearted creatures because he himself is those things. Okay, he is holy and what is good and mm -hmm. what is true, good and beautiful. So because he is everything that that we can cultivate, we can grow in. Now, ultimately, we are not going to reach a state of perfection here on mm -hmm. earth, right? Because we are sinful beings. We live in an evil world. Yeah. And because of the fall, that ability has been taken away from us. But in the very beginning, when Adam and Eve were walking with the Lord in the Garden of Eden, it was perfect. It was holy. They were holy. Yeah. And they were able to cultivate their characters to be like their creator because they spent time with him and they mm -hmm. were they were walking with him. So we can become those things slowly. It is a process. Yeah. You make progress in this and you reach that, that state of perfection only because Christ has enabled us to be his sons, to be his daughters mm -hmm. by means of the cross, right? So when do we reach that state of perfection? When is our character ultimately cultivated to, to a state of perfection? It is when we reach heaven. Mm -hmm. It is when we reach our home, the home that we are longing for and desiring and have longed for since the moment we were born. This is what we're searching for. This is what we are we are running and chasing after all of our lives. And a lot of people are doing this in education. We're 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 not satisfied. We are scared. We're fearful beings of the world and what's going on around us. And just remember that in in the education system, you are buying a product, okay? When you're in the public school system, you are buying their product. What is that product? Their product is fear. Because when these kids are taking these tests, you're getting a score, you're, you know, all of that stuff. And the podcast episode that I was listening to, and then Maddie and I were talking about it. One of the guys is a teacher mm -hmm. in a classical Christian school. And he said, you would not believe how many people, how many parents and students I have coming to my office and saying, oh, I, I scored this. And like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I have to worry about this with college and this, you know, and oh my goodness, can I get extra credit? How can I fix this? And they're just so worried about it. And they think that it determines who they are and, and how educated they are. Because understand me when I say this, you cannot test character. Mm -hmm. You cannot evaluate that in a standardized test. 
So what are they doing? They're testing what they have told you what to think. They're trying to examine that part of you because you cannot test character. You cannot evaluate that. And education is what ultimately enables us to be free, Mm -hmm. free thinkers, I should say. Because when you have been educated, not in a way of, I'm going to tell you what to think, but I'm going to teach you how to think, Mm -hmm. it is so valuable. It is so worth the time and the effort that it takes to instill this in a child. And even in ourselves, because maybe you're an older person listening, maybe you're a teenager listening, who is like, I've been taught these things. I've been told what to think my whole entire life. Okay, Mm -hmm. like that's just how it is. And you want to learn to cultivate something. You want to learn to build something because that's the point of education. You're cultivating something. You're cultivating a character. You're cultivating a virtue that will outlive yourself, that will pass Mm -hmm. through from generation to generation. And that's what G.K. Chesterton said is the point of education. He said, education is simply the soul of a society as it passes from one generation to another. I just love how he says that. It is the soul of a society. If we allow them, the government, to continue to tell us what to think, then we will not be free creatures. We will Mm -hmm. not be free thinkers, which is what our founders intended America to be. They intended for our country to be a country of free thinkers who are willing to fight for something, who are willing to give their lives for something that will outlive themselves because they cultivated virtue in their everyday lives. They cultivated their characters to be one that mimics their creator. Yeah, y'all know we had to include quotes from. (laughs) We have so many that we could have included. Well, also, I mean, you just think about that G.K. Chesterton quote about how the education system is the soul of a society. Well, then what does our soul look like right now? I mean, it is in dire need of some help. Mm -hmm. And I think when we look at it like that, it kind of changes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, this is what's shaping our entire society. We want to know why people are so unhappy, why they're committing suicide by the time they're 30, Mm -hmm. why everyone just feels like they weren't created correctly. That's why. Because our soul is messed up and our soul needs a savior and our education system is that soul and jesus is the only one who can be that savior Mm -hmm. so i have one quote from peter kreeft who is a classical philosopher and someone that we really enjoy reading his books and looking at his quotes and different things and he just has a lot of great stuff so he says this is a quote i've loved for a really long time but he says our culture has filled our heads but emptied our hearts stuffed our wallets but starved our wonder it has fed our thirst for facts but not for meaning or mystery it produces nice people but not heroes Mm. i just love the ending of that the it produces nice people but not heroes there is a difference between a nice person and a hero Mm -hmm. someone who is a slave to the system and someone who defies the system. And I mean, that's a big difference. And right now we're not seeing very much defiance. And I'm not calling for revolution (laughs) or for us to burn down our public schools. I'm definitely not saying that. But I think that if right now at this point in history, you're not evaluating why you're still supporting the public school system by sending your children, by just being on school boards or different things, all of that is profitable being on school boards being an influence in your school but how are you using that influence are you truly looking at the soul of that school board of that entire school that you are entrusted with you know are you really looking at how that's impacting society how that's impacting the kids that are sitting in those classrooms day after day after day and if 
2020 on has not taught you that the public school system is not out to be your friend Mm -hmm. and to produce heroes, then I have no idea what will. But I think that this quote perfectly sums up what our culture looks like right now, what our soul looks like right now. We are starved for wonder and meaning and mystery. Our hearts are completely empty of beauty and truth and goodness. And I want to end with a verse. I know that we're going a little bit longer than we usually do, but y'all probably expected that when we told you what we were going to talk about. (laughs) But obviously, if we're talking about knowledge, we got to go to Proverbs. So Proverbs 4.13 says, keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her for she is your life. Mm -hmm. I think that that's so powerful because we look at education as something that's simply like 12 years, then you go to college, and then, oh, you're ready to be a functioning member of society. And in all reality, those of us who are coming near to that 12-year mark and we are getting ready to graduate high school, I mean, most of our friends are graduating this year. Mm -hmm. Lily has already graduated. And they're all just like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And I don't know how I actually am supposed to be a functioning member of society because that's not what they teach you. Yep. They teach you these facts so you can do well on your standardized tests and then get into the college that is going to teach you things like gender and sex are not synonymous. So uh, hopefully not all colleges are like that. And we do know a few that are not, which mm-hmm. is good. And that is hopeful. I don't want anyone to feel like there's no hope because I know that sometimes it does feel like that. I mean, I feel like that a lot. Like when I got that grade back, I was just like, for goodness sake, <laughs> like I'm at a Christian college. Mm-hmm. I am being I respond to a devotional at the beginning of every week that is has scripture in it and I would think that saying that transgenderism is not biblical would not be disputed at a Christian college Mm -hmm. you know and I think that that can really discourage a lot of us and it definitely discouraged me but there is hope because there are still people like me there are people like our friends who are writing papers about why transgenderism is not good for our society and I'm going to keep writing them and we're going to encourage other people to keep writing them because Mm -hmm. that is how you make a difference yeah because if you just say what they want you to say and do what they want you to do think the way that they want you to think Mm -hmm. you will never be free and you'll never know what it's like to be your own person you will never own yourself you will be owned by the system Mm -hmm. so what is the hope here cultivate virtue. Mm -hmm. How do we do that practically? Here is a very practical thing that I'm doing this year. um, And I know Maddie does as well. It is keeping a commonplace book. Mm -hmm. And this is a book where it's a journal where you keep beautiful quotes. You, You seek out truth and beauty and goodness in your everyday life and you write it down. Mm-hmm. You you keep a record of those things, those beautiful things that you hear and that you see and that you acknowledge in nature and different things like that. You're seeking it out and you are cultivating that wonder that Creeped is talking about. You are cultivating something that is bigger than yourself. You're cultivating the character of the Lord who has created you within your heart and your soul. And so I'm keeping a commonplace book this year where I'm writing those quotes down. I'm writing those those scripture references down. I'm keeping a record of moments where I feel the spirit of the Lord mm-hmm. and I, I'm acknowledging him in my everyday life. So that's just one very practical way that we can do that and justify the system a little bit. All right. We are going to wrap this episode up in prayer. We hope that you guys enjoyed it, that maybe it shed some light on some different things because I totally did not know 
that that was the history of standardized testing Mm -hmm. and it definitely shed some light on some different things for me and uh, we hope that it encouraged you ultimately because there is hope and there are practical ways even as simple as keeping a commonplace book yep that's literally what i read my peter grief quote out of i've got it like open in front of me i was reading some other ones here and i'm just like "Mm, that's good Mm -hmm. because you look back at it and you're just like "Mm." I remember when I wrote that down yep. or that is just perfect for right now. And so it is something that's definitely encouraging to look back on and to just open whenever you feel a little bleak, the world feels a little bleak. Mm-hmm. And that those are practical ways to be defiant in a world that needs defiance. Defiance should not be looked at as bad or mm-hmm. destructive necessarily. I know certain kinds of defiance can be destructive and that is not good. Mm-hmm. We're not promoting violence. But our society is in desperate need of some heroes. So yep. who are those going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to be us because who else is going to be a hero in this society? Mm-hmm. So we're going to wrap this episode up in prayer. So please pray with us. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. And I just thank you for the opportunity to sit down and record today and to just talk about some of the different things that were on our hearts and to just evaluate the soul of our country, the soul of the citizens in our country. I pray that you would truly be at work in that soul, that you would truly perfect it and create it so that it will be after your own heart. And I pray that you would just help us to pursue knowledge as you tell us so many times to do in scripture. I pray that we would pursue it and pursue true knowledge and that we wouldn't just be looking for facts, but that we would be looking for questions that give us answers that lead us to more questions, and that we would just cultivate goodness and beauty and truth in our everyday lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us for this longer episode, but it was a really good one. And we are just so appreciative that you stuck around with us to join this conversation. Please be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, those kind of platforms. It helps the show grow so much Mm -hmm. and we're so thankful for you. We will be back next Monday with a new episode. Bye, guys. (laughs) 